on the Rebel Sports Network from Learfield. Live from Bailiwick, inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Welcome to the Runnin' Rebels Coaches Show, presented by Fenley Toyota. Also brought to you by Boyd Gaming. Experience life rewarded with Boyd Rewards. Proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. And by Fenley Chevrolet. Frankly, we're customer-driven. Now, here are your hosts, John Sandler and Curtis Terry. McCabe up to Webster. Webster right corner to Rodriguez. Rodriguez drives. Rodriguez underneath. And one. And a blocking foul and a bucket for Luis Rodriguez. Holy moly. What a great turn of events for the Rebels. One of the uh, terrific sequences in the final 36 minutes of that basketball game on Saturday night down at the pit where the runner Rebels went in and defeated the number 21 ranked Lobos by a final score of uh, 84 to 77. Absolutely, it was a terrific game, a great environment, and a big win for the runner Rebels. Hi, everybody. I'm John Sandler along with Curtis Terry and head coach Kevin Kruger here at uh, the Bourbon Street Lounge inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino talking runner Rebel basketball as the runner Rebels uh, Move to 12-3 and three on the season and get ready for uh, a tough one tomorrow night at the Thomas & Mac, an 8 o'clock tip against Boise State. Uh, but we're going to spend uh, at least a significant portion of today's show about talking about that, that game in the pit because it, it warrants it. It was, a, uh, it was a, a tough game, and it was a game that the Rebels uh, really needed, and boy, did they go out and get it. And, uh, Coach, uh, nothing makes you feel better probably than seeing your team rise to an occasion like that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, any time you can see the guys kind of just, just band together, uh, fight for each other, um, and go and get a really tough road win, um, that, that, that makes you proud as a coaching staff because, you know, there's, it, it's like we talk about a lot, it's, a, it's simple, but it's not easy. You know, it, it's simple to, you know, stay together, and it's simple to, to, to be relaxed and to calm down and to, to, to just kind of think, and, but it's not easy. It doesn't always happen that way, but... Uh, the guys did exactly what they needed needed to do in the pit to get a, a very much uh, deserved and earned uh, road win. It didn't start out relaxed and easy or simple or whatever word you were using. It started out uh, a little bit like TCU, uh, where the, the stage was just, just a little big at the, at the beginning. And, and uh, you know, the Lobos jumped all over the Rebels, got out to an 8 nothing lead uh, early, uh, stretched it out to a 12-point lead. That was the biggest it got. With just under eight to go in the first half, it was 26 to 14, and uh, you called a timeout and uh, you let the guys know that you weren't pleased with what was going on after that breakaway dunk. Well, yeah, it's uh, you know what we talked about in the timeout was just it's really tough to to tell each other that you want to win, and you know if you're going to give away breakaway dunks on the road, uh, you know it's it's really tough to to look at each other and, and you know want your teammates to trust you and and believe in you and fight for you if you're giving up breakaway dunks on the road and. But uh, you know, from that point on, guys, you guys, kind of seemed some something seemed to change, you know. And they, from that point on, uh, we, we we paid a lot more attention to detail. Guys kind of took it um, as a, as a great challenge, and and uh, from there, really had a really great game. They they did. CT, uh, that was fun. Uh, it was great to be a part of it. It was a great environment. Uh, I know you enjoy going on the road and uh, watching the the crowd get up and leave for the exits before the before the, the, the final buzzer sounds, and uh, I know you enjoyed the Rebel performance on Saturday night. Yeah, I don't know if I'd liken it to us being like TCU in that sense, though. 
Well, hi, Ben. <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, no, it's always fun to go on the road. Um, and, and like Coach said, I mean, going down there and, and trying to get a hard-fought win against a team that's undefeated at home, um, they're obviously playing much better than this year than they have in years past. Um, it's the first sellout in seven seasons. Um, I mean, everything was against them in that game on Saturday night. To be, to be able to, to come back and take that time out and coach – let them have some, some harsh words, it looked like, from our vantage point. Uh, but the guys responded. Um, they accepted what the, the challenge that was, that was, they, were, they were faced with. And um, to be able to, to do that in that sense, to, to weather the storm, to come back, to be down at half, um, and then kind of just to, to slowly take control of that game, but to be able to, to go down and make free throws at the end and make enough big plays, uh, it just kind of really shows the resolve of this team and, and the, the growth that they've made even just over the last few games. When, when you were down 12 and, well, first, when you got off to the rocky start and, and Keyshawn was struggling getting the ball up the floor and it just seems like it seemed as if things were beginning to, to snowball a bit against you. Uh, you brought Keyshawn back to the bench. You put Jordan McCabe in. And, and it's a luxury having a guy like Jordan. Uh, was it a question for you of, okay, I hope he can get it done? Or was it more... All right, we need Jordan's influence on the floor, and I know what he's going to when he's what he's going to do here. No, it was just something you know, just a quick, kind of a quick tip, um, something that we had seen, and uh, you know, Jalen House is really quick. He's uh, he's really fast. He's got great instincts, and I think he he something seemed to Keyshawn might have had a tell. He might have had something that it kind of allowed. Uh, Jalen House to to kind of get the better of him there on the first couple of possessions. So just uh, bringing him over, letting him take a deep breath, um, just pointing out. You know, when you're pressured in the backcourt, you want to just make a decision and you want to go. You want to just take two or three hard speed dribbles, get past half court, and then uh, kind of use a stop dribble and uh, kind of get your offense ready and get them going from there. Um, so, uh, you know, no, just to put Jordan in, you know, Jordan's been doing a great job taking care of the ball. He uh, had a great shooting night in the pit. They um, made some really good decisions. But, yeah, I mean, having having those guys uh, kind of play, play a lot together lately, but also um, you can give different looks. Uh, for the defense if, uh, when you got Jordan and Keyshawn. David Mooka also uh, stepped up his game uh, in, a, in a difficult situation, and uh, I think he, he did what he did last year at Colorado State where we saw him kind of emerge uh, that season. It's taken him a little while this year. Uh, you're hoping, I would assume, that, that the game in the pit would be kind of a springboard for him as well. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, last year's Colorado State game would be a great kind of example or a, a similarity. Um, he just went in there. You know, Udeze is one of the most efficient players in the country offensively. Um, and we asked him to guard him straight up by himself. And, and he did a really good job. And between him and Vic, a little kind of two-headed monster that's been created at that quote-unquote center position, um, I, I thought they, just, they both just did an unbelievable job. Uh, Vic's rebound and put back to go up three. Uh, was huge. You know, David's block on Alec, uh, when they had a little momentum, they were trying to get things going, uh, it was huge. And uh, But to make Udeze earn him, um, and, and even when he wasn't able to completely stop him, not give him easy layups, you know, you make him earn him at the line, because I think, uh, you know, there are a couple free throws uh, that could have gone, uh, if they'd gone in, they, you know, it could be a different outcome. But making people earn it at the line instead of giving up layups is uh, is. It's a tough pill to swallow, but it's one of those things that which you, when you're a good teammate, a good defender, uh, you just have to do. You went to halftime. You, you got it to one, 39-38, then you gave up four points at the end of the first half there. You're down five at halftime. 
obviously whatever happened, whatever was said in the locker room at halftime had an effect because he came out and scored the first nine points of the second half. What was the conversation and what was the mood in the locker room at halftime? Uh, the conversation just all revolved around patience. Uh, you know, that was the, you know, if you go down the list, of course, you know, David Muoka, we saw that environment a handful of times last year with the Colorado State game on the road, San Diego State, of course, uh, and of course others. You know, EJ Harkless at Oklahoma playing at, at Oklahoma State, at Kansas. Uh, you know, like I said, Lou Rodriguez playing at Rupp Arena, playing in Starkville against their rival at Ole Miss, Parquet at Colorado. I mean, you could really go down the list of, of guys that had been in that type of situation, you know, a packed house, uh, kind of a rivalry uh, game. But uh, that was the first time we'd done it together. And early on, we just took, we were taking quick shots. Uh, we weren't very patient. It felt like it was getting later in the clock. Uh, but it wasn't. You know, we were still shooting it within the first 12, 15 seconds, just not letting things really develop. And so the conversation at halftime was just all about being patient, you know, not getting sped up, uh, sharing it, getting paint touches, and uh, getting good looks for each other. And it, it really got off to a great start there to, to begin the, the second half, and we were able to kind of create a little bit of a cushion there. I'm going to ask you both the same question. Start with you, Curtis. When did you have a sense that, hmm, this, this is changing this is turning. This this could happen after the after the slow start. I'd like to make it seem like I knew from the jump, right? Well, oh, you weird. did say before the game to me. I did. I did say that. Yeah. I'll take some credit for that one. Um, no, I don't. I think it was when Jordan came in and made his first couple baskets, um, and then he even had like the signature Jordan McCabe. He hit a three, and he turns around, and he shushes the the, the uh, student section, and kind of does his little calm down. And but I think that's for me, it was like Jordan was in control of what was going on on the court. And even though he had the, the, the really bad uh, turnover at the end of the half, I think that he was in a position to let his teammates know that we're not need, in a need to panic, even though we didn't start the game well. Um, but the other thing that stands out to me, and Coach, I want you to touch on this. When we played, we had behind us Joel Anthony and Gaston Asenge. After like, thinking back and looking at the, the, the season so far, it, to me, uh, obviously you have to have Luis Rodriguez has to play well. EJ Harkless has to make buckets. Um, Keyshawn Gilbert. But from a defensive standpoint, it seems like when Vic and when David are locked in, in tune, um, and, and kind of controlling things from a defensive end, it seems like that's when the team is at the best. Do you kind of get that sense as well? Or kind of what is your take when those guys typically tend to play well? Yeah, I think when you – I think our, I, I, I speak very highly of our guards. I think we have an elite group of, of guards that can guard the ball. Um, and I think what we saw in New Mexico, especially in the second half, where, you know, when John talks about when did things start to feel, you know, like they were headed in our direction, I don't know if I could put an exact second on it, but there was just a couple possessions where I really felt like our guys kind of controlled New Mexico in terms of uh, getting the shot that we wanted them to shoot, the ones that we live with, that we talk about in our program, the ones that we want to force and that we want are okay with another team making. You know, we talk to our guys a lot about having a security that if you force them into the shot, we want them to shoot and they make it. You just you could pat them on the back, say good shot. But it's kind of got that, you know, do it again, do it again. But what we're what we saw in New Mexico, I think, in the second half is we were so rarely beat off the dribble that uh, that when we did get kind of when we did give up a layup or, or something at the rim, David and Vic just did an unbelievable job of of kind of put what we talk about a lot of putting out the fires and. And in the games where, you know, we've been able to win that were like that, whether it go, you know, if you go to Washington State or you go to the Dayton game where we really just locked in those last few minutes and we weren't too worried about what happened offensively because we knew we were going to get a stop, um, they had kind of that similar feel where on the bench we weren't worried about, you know, as much about, you know, they're going to run down score every time. 
we're just a little more concerned about how do we make sure we get a good shot so we can get back, we can get set. How do we make sure we don't turn it over so we can give them a quick uh, pick six or a layup? And uh, so I, I really felt kind of about midway through that second half that uh, when I, the guys just, you could kind of sense it. There was a little bit of confidence and security forming and, and strengthening um, to where we were forcing the shots that we live with. And, you know, we, guys battled like crazy to rebound it. And uh, so it, it kind of went our way. That, that sense of security and that sense of confidence that you get, I mean, it, it kind of flows between you and the guys as well. They can sense when you're feeling that way. You can sense when they're beginning to feel that way a little bit as well. Um, but the thing the Rebels did in addition to getting those stops is every time New Mexico uh, started to, to make a run, started to, to eke their way back into the game, the Rebels had an answer on the offensive end. Those clutch buckets... Uh, whether it was EJ driving, shooting off a one foot, shooting off a no feet, whatever he was doing in that game. Uh, Keyshawn, it was, you know, Justin uh, hitting the three, uh, Jordan hitting the three. It just seemed like there was this attitude that, no, we're, you're, you're, no you're not coming back. And it, and it applied at both ends of the floor. Yeah, and I think a lot of that security came, came from, you know, when we did give something up, it, it, it and I, I don't want this to sound the wrong way, but it kind of felt like we almost, it was almost self-inflicted. Like we just did something that we, it was a little uncharacteristic even, whether it be a, you know, foul a shooter or, you know, a bad switch or, you know, just something that we could, we could, we felt that we could correct uh, pretty quickly. And I think, uh, yeah, the guys in the timeouts, the, the conversation, I mean, there's nothing better as a coach than when you walk over there into a timeout and the guys are pointing and talking and figuring things out because at that point, you know, everybody's locked in. The, 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 there's a sense of kind of a pride and an ownership in what the result is. And, you know, if we can sit down and just kind of spend a few, you know, 10, 15 seconds just listening to what's going on, uh, and, and then if we have something we feel we can add, uh, we think those, that's when we're at our best. And, uh, and it's happened a lot of times this year. And, and that goes to the point that Coach Cooper made last week about, about having yeah. coaches lead everything, but you want to have the players kind of lead the charge and the guys taking charge and taking ownership. And, I think again, I think you see that with this group. The further we get into the season, you've got more guys stepping up and, and taking those leadership roles during timeouts and even on the court. And, and as you said, Coach, it, it does give you comfort. When did that change in the New Mexico game? Because I, I would imagine the first time out, there wasn't a lot of talking. There wasn't a lot of, you know, you've given up eight straight, uh, first media timeout. I don't remember exactly what the score was, but it wasn't it wasn't anything the rebels were happy about. And and I'm sure that was a lot of just kind of looks up at you and the eyes kind of wiggling back and forth. When did you sense that change? Yeah, probably at that twenty six fourteen point, um, it, it really just felt like we just started to get a lot of really good possessions from there. And uh, we, we were still do we were okay defensively. I mean, six of their eight to start the game were were just free, and uh, so it, it wasn't like we were they were making crazy tough shots or we were, we were doing anything that we needed to be overly concerned about, we felt at that time. So, but yeah, they got 12-point lead. Um, I, I felt our guys just did a really good job of being strong with the ball after that start, um, picking up fouls you know, on, on House and Mashburn and even Dent. They're, they're extremely aggressive defenders, and I thought our guys just did a good job of attacking that outside shoulder, drawing some fouls, and uh, anytime you can get teams in foul trouble, the thing that I think is discussed the least is, uh, is, you know, what is the coaching staff going to do? Because it changes your rotation. You know, as players, and CT can talk about it, you, you kind of get used to a rhythm, um, you know. And, and, you know, at this point, you know, such and such checks in. You know, and when you don't have foul trouble, it becomes a very fluid, a very kind of uh, rhythmic, almost first 34 minutes, 30 
two minutes of a game until until things uh, or until the last couple of media timeouts. So I think uh, being able to kind of disrupt that pattern for them um, just by being really aggressive, uh, but also while protecting the ball, uh, just kind of allowed us to creep back into it. And some big shots, of course. I mean, Webb and lose back-to-back threes. You know, if those two don't go in, uh, you know, it, 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 who knows what happens. But so they hit some big shots to to kind of get us crawling back into it. And then I think at that point, the guys really realized and felt like, you know, we, we can go ahead and take this uh, and kind of make it go the way we want. Well, we're going to take our first break. A couple of guys we haven't talked about. That's Keyshawn and EJ uh, and, and what specifically and get into what they did during that game because uh, they both did spectacular things. Very different, but, but both did spectacular things. I want to remind you that uh, Finley Chevrolet located in the southwest at 215 in South Rainbow. Nevada's number one Chevrolet volume dealership. Frankly, they're customer-driven. You're listening to the Kevin Kruger Radio Show from the Bourbon Street Lounge in the Orleans Hotel and Casino on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. House off balance. Puts it up no good. Great defense by Luis Rodriguez. Ball in the hands of Harkless, middle of the floor. Harkless down the left side. Harkless lays it up no good. Here, here we go. With the slam dunk put back by Rodriguez. And again. And the Rebels have their first lead of the game, 45-43. Back to the Kevin Kruger Coaches Show, live from the Bailiwick, inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino. That play and that sequence started by Luis on defense and then finishing with the putback, uh, part of that 9 nothing run that started the run of Rebels comeback against New Mexico on Saturday night, leading to the 84-77 win on the road in front of as loud and raucous a crowd as you're going to find in college basketball. It was, uh, it was a tremendous environment, and the Runner Rebels took care of business. And, and John, Curtis, and, and Coach with you. Coach, Luis Rodriguez didn't, didn't put up a big, a big night. He didn't put up his, you know, his 18 points and his, his nine rebounds, but he impacted the game, and he impacted the game on that play. He impacted the game with a couple plays late. Yeah, he did. And, you know, that, that's kind of one of the things that this team, uh, you know, starting from day one or game one, has really grown at is, you know, it, it might be somebody different. And, uh, you know, even talking with media after practice today, you know, the, a lot of the focus was on, you know, EJ's 21 in the second half, EJ's scoring. You know, if, if we wouldn't have won if he had he not scored. And, of course, there's an element of truth to that, too. But if you take the checklist of what we would have had to do, you know, to get a win at New Mexico at halftime, if you would have just taken the five things we had, they were spread and distributed pretty evenly, you know, throughout the team. You know, David and Vic blocking shots. Lou and, uh, you know, and uh, even Webb and EJ and Keyshawn keeping the ball in front, not allowing easy easy looks. I mean, it was really one of those where it was just a great job, but... But Lou, you know, the, the best thing about Lou, he's going to do the same thing defensively every night. He's proven that. And, it, you know, it may not have been the, the same type of looks he's been getting uh, up until this point, but that's what's going to happen. You have a few hot games. Everybody in the country gets a what they do in their last game, what they do in their last three, and what they do in their last five, and then what have they done in the entire year. And, you know, right now he's going through a hot stretch, and, you know, it, hopefully if we're the team we think we're capable of being, you know, the next – few teams will focus on somebody different and then it can kind of this pendulum can kind of swing back to where somebody just steps up we get the result we want and you know that and it, it it's funny because it's something you and i talked about back when we were getting ready for the canada trip when you had first put this team together because there was a lot of talk oh you don't have bryce hamilton you don't have you know you lost 80 percent of your scoring blah 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 and we talked about the fact and, and curtis you and i talked about it early in the year on the air 
the fact that this team is much harder to defend than last year's team. Yes, you had an elite scorer in Bryce Hamilton, and who on some nights absolutely could not be stopped. Uh, I'm sure that uh, the Colorado State Rams still have nightmares about that. But at the same time, if you've only got one guy, or if one guy is so much more uh, a big part of your offense than anybody else on the floor, you become relatively easy to defend. He might not be easy to guard, but you as a team become easy to defend. This team is not. Well, yeah, I think the game plan becomes pretty pretty kind of cut and dry. You know, we're not going to let player X beat us. You know, make him, when he does this, make him pass him. Make him do this, make him do that. And uh, it's a little bit more of a, like, like we say to our guys a lot, it's simple, it's not easy. It's simple, but not easy. And, you know, but, and that can sometimes be the case. But when you, uh, like, with our guys, I, I truly feel we've got a number of guys that have to be focused on, that have to be discussed uh, leading up to our games, and uh, and and when we we can force opponents to do that and, and spend time maybe uh, where they don't normally have to, it, it becomes advantage us. All right, so one of the guys we absolutely have to talk to is the media, as you did. He won the Mountain West Conference Player of the Week uh, for the second time uh, since joining the Runner Rebels this year, E.J. Harkless, who you know Kurt and I talk about all the time, plays that old man basketball game sometimes where. He's just tougher and stronger and smarter than you are on the floor and uses everything to his advantage. And we saw it on display in the second half at the pit. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, EJ was one of the guys, having known him, being able to know him even when he was at Oklahoma and have, uh, I didn't have a relationship with him in terms of knowing what he was going to be like every day, but Will Saxon knew him. And, of course, obviously my dad and even Carlin Hartman, uh, knowing what he was like. He came here for that, that expanded role, that, that one step forward in his career where he's one of the main guys that the, uh, the opponent f- focuses on. And maybe we saw a little bit of an adjustment for that for him here recently where, where teams were really just locking in on him and it was kind of slowing or delaying his start um, in the games. But uh, somewhere along the line, I think he must have taken a deep breath. And, uh, but uh, he, 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 he enjoys those. He enjoys those types of games, as do the you know our, the, all of our guys. It's, uh, but I, I really think when when EJ kind of gets a sense of of a you know an advantage, you know when he when he knows he's under. If any of you have known him or gotten to know him, if he knows he can get under your skin, it's going to be an interesting conversation. <laughs> and uh, I think he he kind of felt and he could sense that a little bit that he had that advantage, he had the momentum going in Albuquerque, and uh, he really just capitalized on it. Kurt, we we watched him make a ton of plays in that game. Uh, I know we've got a highlight from him. Uh, let's let's hear it right now. EJ Harkless over to Gilbert, back to Harkless out top left side. Harkless middle of the floor. Harkless comes down the right side, stops, bounce pass out to Rodriguez. Rodriguez back to Harkless on the right wing, shoots over Udaisy from three. It's short. Rodriguez runs down the rebound to a cutting Harkless. Harkless ooh, reverse wee. layup is good. Got an ooh wee out of CT. That's late. Uh, at the angle that his body was getting the ball uh, toward the rim and getting it to go in. Yeah, EJ, uh, I think if you watch college basketball or, or any level of basketball, I think uh, the thing that sticks out about EJ is how well he plays off of a pivot. You know, he doesn't, he's actually a very good athlete, but he doesn't rely on that. He relies on kind of his shiftiness and, and getting to spots and, and angles, and, and he covers ground really quickly. Uh, but he doesn't, uh, but, but, but what he does there, like on that, that shot he uh, had in the last couple of minutes, he, I think he took two pivots and then used his, uh, 
use even his step out of the pivot to to get that look off. But yeah, that that finish, the layup finish, you know, right hand on the left side of the glass over a, a shot blocker is a really good finish. It, we needed it, but you could tell after watching the film, he was just kind of out there playing, and you know, and and those type of shots when you're feeling good and you're in a rhythm, uh, they seem to go in. Kurt, when you watch EJ play and you 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 get that that sense that he knows, as Kevin said, okay, I got you. I I I have figured something out. I'm a little stronger. I'm a little smarter. I'm a little more capable. You can you can get a sense that he's he's going to start to take that game and 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 begin to control a little bit. Yeah, I feel like he pick and he picks and chooses his spots really well. Um, and I, I said this at the beginning of the season. I was. And I still am. It seems like each night out I get more and more impressed in his ability off the bounce and his shiftiness, like Coach said, uh, because I, I didn't see that a lot when he was at Oklahoma. Just I think with personnel, he wasn't in a position to have the ball in his hands a lot um, and to be able to have those ISO situations. But he's, he's, a, he's a really good athlete, but it's not a really good athlete like Luis is. Well, Luis is going to out-jump you, going to run and jump, make plays at the rim. Um, but I think, like Coach said, he has really good feet and he plays off a really good pivot, kind of like what Kobe Bryant was kind of known for in terms of how he would dissect the game um, and find those advantages to where he would know he's going to get you based on how you're guarding him. And I think the, the way that EJ thinks the game is what gives him the advantage because he's a really good athlete, but I think there's more to it with him. And he kind of slowly, as he progresses through the game, he finds something that's going to work and he may not expose it until later in the game. But I think for him, it's kind of more of the mental battle. At least that's what I see. And he picks and chooses his spots, but then he finds a way to expose it um, or maybe just I see that I'm going to wait till later in the game to truly try to take advantage of it. Uh, but I'm thoroughly impressed by, by Mr. EJ Harkless. Um, he's got that old man game, but just because it looks like an old man game, he still will, will take it to the basket and put some English on it and finish at the rim. No doubt about it. And I, I, it's an interesting. We're going to on our next segment, we're talking about Keyshawn and what he did in New Mexico, because in some ways it was even more spectacular than what EJ did, considering how he, how he started. But I, I wanted to talk about having those two guys on the same team. Because those are two of the toughest, most competitive guys you're going to find anywhere. How has that been, having those two personalities? Yeah, totally different stages in their career. Sophomore, fifth-year, senior. Guy who started at UNLV, guy who's come in for a year. But there's a lot of similarities between those two. There is. And they both, uh, you know, Keyshawn talks about it a lot, having a chip on his shoulder. Uh, EJ carries that same chip. Um, you know, just that, that feeling that he just, he just doesn't think people believe in him. He just, and, I mean, he's confident. But he, he, he wants to prove people wrong, regardless of really what they think or, or, or what they express toward him. He's just kind of got that constant drive, that, that, that fuel that's just kind of, uh, that fire that's kind of fueled by a, a kind of thinking that that person has a doubt. And, and I think they both just, they play that way. They play with kind of that, what, what we call play, kind of playing with that, uh, that healthy hate, where you just, you know, you want to play against somebody, you want to prove them wrong, you want to compete, and... And uh, kind of that, that thought of losing just uh, kind of makes you sick and, and makes you kind of work and, and really just want to win. Well, we know Keyshawn has some of that as well. And when we come back, we'll talk about his performance down in the pit. We want to remind you, fans, you can get off the sidelines and into EOS Fitness, a proud partner of UNLV, featuring premium amenities, including their turf functional training area, Movie O Cinema. They're open 24-7, much more. You can join for as low as $9.99 a month at joineos.com. EOS Fitness, better gym, better price. Back with more of the Kevin Kruger Radio Show from the Bourbon Street Lounge here inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Lob to Mawoka from Gilbert for the slam dunk. Nice play there. That always helps, too. Throw up the rim, let the big guy go get it. 14-9. to 
back to your hosts, John Sandler and Curtis Terry, with Coach Kruger on the UNLV Men's Basketball Coaches Show. All right, back here uh, at Bourbon Street Lounge inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino, John Curtis and head coach Kevin Kruger talking Runner Rebel basketball. Runner Rebels taking on a really good Boise State Bronco team tomorrow night at the Thomas and Mac. 8 o'clock tip. We'll be on the air at 7.30 with Runner Rebel warm-up over on ESPN Radio AM 1100 and 98.9 FM. But uh, talking, uh, spending most of our time tonight talking about the terrific win down in the pit uh, against New Mexico, 21st-ranked team in the country. What is it with 21st-ranked teams? That's the second second one of those the Rebels have taken care of this year. They got Dayton earlier, who, by the way, has turned their season around. They've won with four or five in a row now and playing really well. And uh, If you're a Runner Rebel fan and you're, you, you're, you're hoping the team has a chance to make, uh, to make the tournament, pay attention to Dayton, pay attention to Washington State, who got a big win at Arizona. Uh, those are those are good things for UNLV. We, we want to see those teams do well. But uh, back to the New Mexico game. You heard the highlight of uh, of uh, Keyshawn hitting David Mooka uh, for the for the dunk uh, when the Rebels uh, were trying to gain their footing early in the game. There was a lob later in the game, and we couldn't. Uh, we talked about it, Curtis. We couldn't tell if if the ball was a little high or if David jumped a little early. But that would have really really done the Rebels good had they been able to connect on that. But, but Keyshawn was the one who triggered it, and, and he had just re-entered the game at that point after that rough start. Were you confident that he was going to be able to go back in and play at the level he did after that rough start? Well, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, honestly, it's not even something that crossed my mind. There wasn't any concern or thought of, well, we can't put him back in yet. We can't, he needs another minute, this, that, or the other. He just he went in. I just did a really good job of... Uh, you know, he didn't run over there immediately, grab the ball, and, and let everybody know he was, you know, he was the point guard. There wasn't any, he didn't let his pride get in the way, but uh, made a couple really nice plays off the ball and uh, got in the paint um, and had probably his best offensive night that he's had in a few weeks. Yeah, it, since, since the Washington State game where we went to 25, he, he became the focal point, as you were talking earlier. Uh, he, he became the focal point for a lot of teams, certainly San Diego State. He was the focal point, and, uh, and he'd been having trouble. Curtis, how tough is that? getting off to a rough start in the game and, and kind of resetting and, and, and rebooting, if you will, and uh, getting back out there and, and taking it up, uh, I don't know, how many notches? It's, it's very tough. <laughs> I mean, um, and I don't think, think Keyshawn's been in that position, um, at least. I don't think he has in terms of being on the road, being the primary point guard in that type of environment. And we've talked about this since the beginning of the season, even back to Canada, that he's, he hasn't been the point guard and had to really run the show and be in control of everything. And there's been times where he's he's – He's learning on, on, on the fly, and you see he struggles a little bit, but next night out he gets better at, at what he didn't do the previous game. Um, and he, the thing that's, that stands out to me is that he's never deterred um, or defeated by anything that happens. I mean, because I've played with guys before that if they come out and they get picked like that the first two possessions, it's over. Um, but he, he wasn't worried about it. He was taking the coaching on the bench, and when coach said he wasn't worried, I sure as heck was worried. <laughs> um, but I can, I can be worried because we're sitting on the other side from a different perspective, but the fact that you have someone like Jordan McCabe to be able to step in, and they're so close, and I think, they, I think Jordan does a really good job of mentoring Keyshawn um, and gives him confidence in, ter- in terms of what to do. But he, he got back in there. Uh, he was able to attack the basket, got an and one through the lob um, up to David Mwoka, um, and he regained control of that because that, that was a very shaky start, and it could have went either direction. But for him to be able to come back and have the type of impact he did the rest of the way uh, just shows the, the, the type of kid and type of player that he is, especially this early in his career. Can you project, I mean, I've had other coaches uh, talk to me 
early on in the conference season about the, the dramatic improvement, and, and Curtis and I have talked about it at length on the air. They, he's just like a different player uh, than he was last year. Can you project what Keyshawn Gilbert is going to be, not, the, not just at the end of this season, but into his junior and possibly into his senior year? Well, I mean, no, I guess yeah. is like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but uh, but you but you can't ex- expect and project growth. Um, you know, the, the, there's just when you take a guy like Keyshawn, who is an elite just basketball player, and you know that now he's asked to be the primary ball handler at a historic school with the tradition of UNLV, where he spent some time growing up. You know, it's not just there's a lot that goes into it. Um, there's so many just learning experiences that that you just you just have to go through you just you know talking even last week it's kind of you know it's kind of just like having a little cold you just you just gotta hoof it and get through it and when it's done it's done you walk into the gym one day and you feel better uh you the shot feels better the 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 handle feels cleaner and uh you know, it's just uh, that's kind of what I think he's going through is uh, he went through where he became the primary, you know, target for opposing teams. And now I think uh, even in New, Me- New Mexico, he was able to take a deep breath. And uh, I think he's going to be able to play more free. It's almost like lesson learned. Now, how do I go forward and, and continue to capitalize and, and make good plays from there? Unless it's COVID. It's not a little code. It's not a little cold that you just get back through. No. <laughs> no. Knock, on, knock on whatever. <laughs> no. Um, and I think, like, in terms of career comparison, to me, of most recent memory, it reminds me of Pat McCaw. Because when Pat McCaw came in, wasn't a lot of fanfare in terms of the, the type of recruit he was. I mean, he, out of the, that recruiting class of five, he was the lowest the ranked one that they brought in. Um, but you could see something different with Pat. But Pat didn't even realize how good he was or how good he could be. And after that third year, he, he goes on and... and and wins three NBA championships in three years. Um, I kind of see some of that in Keyshawn in terms of he's got, he's got the framework, he's got the body and the skill set, but he just hasn't had the opportunity, but he's slowly putting it all together. Um, and we talked about last year, I mean, he was, it was defense, defense, and, and defense, and if you got something else, great. But now this season he's able to score, he's becoming a leader, knowing how to get his team involved. Um, I just see the, a lot of growth in him, and again, this is only his, he's played a season and a half of college basketball. I think, I mean, the sky's the limit for him. Um, but again, I've, I've got to give credit to, to Coach Kevin Kruger and his staff of just developing him. Um, but again, putting him in a position just to be successful. Do you, do you almost get impatient? I, I, you, you never want the season to end. You never want. But do you, do you think, boy, I can't wait to have another summer with this guy, another off season to 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 take what he has done, which is go from you know down here to up here, uh, to, to be able to to help him because he'll take the coaching. He'll he'll be anxious for it. Oh no question. He'll he'll take well, and he'll play basketball every day. Every day that the season's over, he's going to find a game. He's going to find a gym. Um, uh, but I think no, I think he's he's just fun to be around right now. Um, it's fun to also, of course, to think about where he may end up one day. But it's also fun to have him. You know, right now he's a he's just a baby. He's young. He could he's the same age as most freshmen. In college, he, he he very well could have and should have been the the an incoming freshman right now. So you know, his his body's changing every day. His his his, his just approach to things are changing. But you know, like you know, no teacher like experience, right? And he's and he's learning it. He's going through it. But at the same time, it's not 
it's not an experience or, or, or a learning experience that he's going through that's where we're all sitting around just saying, gosh, well, next year will be this. Yeah. Next year he'll be that. He's able to still get a lot of things done and accomplished. Um, even as much as, you know, going back into the game for, I believe he went in for Justin Webster, um, leaving Jordan in as the ball handler, and he goes in there and he makes huge plays to kind of get, get us back, help get us back in it and make it a game at the end of the first half. I think we have one of those plays for you right here. How about that? How about that? House the other way. House right side. House tries to bounce it out. Instead, it's knocked away and stolen. Keyshawn Gilbert down the lane. Keyshawn all the way under. Lays it up and in. Nice job by the Rebels to recover and get the first bucket of the half. And it's a three-point game, 43-40. to So there's Keyshawn getting that first bucket of the second half, getting the Rebels off to that 9 nothing start. And they never look back after that. And... Uh, uh, you, you said something earlier, Coach, about, you know, it's, 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 it's a growing process and it's it's little thing here or there. You're a second-year head coach. Do you have to sometimes remind yourself or, or do you think you've developed that perspective where you can say, okay, you know, I, this, I'm looking at this with a long view. I, I want to win this game. I want to win this play. I want to make this basket. I want to get this stop. But I know that for this particular player – this is part of the journey. Um, That's hard, isn't it? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, yeah, that, the one of those are difficult. Uh, you know, being in year two and, you know, wanting to do this forever, you know, I think, uh, yeah, there's probably times where it's like, no, 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 this needs to happen right now so that we can, you know, take a deep breath. But Bro! Yeah, exa- yeah, a, lo- a lot of that, like, it's got to work right now. But I, I think there is a lot of, and, uh, and where that comes in is, uh, is the staff as well. You know, they're, they're I think that I don't know if having all three guys leave, I don't know if we could have gotten luckier and had uh, the chemistry that we have with, with the three. You know, I, I think a lot of things must have just uh, just lined up, uh, must have done something well in a previous life, apparently, because uh, the, the, the way that they also, that we communicate throughout a game, that we, uh, that we share ideas, um, perspectives even, um, it really, I think it just helps all four of us. And then, and, and Will Saxon, of course, being there. Uh, you know, if somebody says something, nobody really has a knee jerk reaction, and, and mostly me. Um, you know, if I say something, or, or, or even if BP sees I'm about to go, <laughs> like, go do something, he'll, he might remind me or try to distract me. And even though I know he's trying to distract me, uh, I'll, I'll just kind of take a deep breath and, and, and focus my attention elsewhere. You'll let him. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a sign of maturity, though. I mean, that's oh, a sign yeah. of perspective. Coming from this guy? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, no, that's a sign of perspective that, that okay, I, I, you know, maybe I'm not seeing the whole picture right now. This guy might see it dip from a different angle. I trust him. I'm going to let, let him just pull the reins back for a second. Well, yeah, and, and, you know, there's times where I bounce ideas off them of, a, you know, if you know, what would you do in this situation? What, what, you know, what's a similar, you know, experience? And, and Coop and BP will, will quickly jump up and say, you know, just like Buck did last year of, you know, you know, that, yeah, let that go, uh, you know, leave that alone. Or like, no, like that, you know, don't let that, that grow, you know, and it, and it could be anything. It could be with the players. It could be with the, uh, you know, the, uh, something we want to do in the city for the, for, with the guy. I mean, it could be a number of different things. And, uh, but, uh, I think, uh, yeah, having having those guys, uh, the the three guys that we brought on this year, come and join us. I think uh, it's really just uh, we've been lucky, and I think we've got three guys that we're hopefully going to be here a long time. Let's hope so. It's uh, I know that's a change. 
It is, and, and it just the just the nature of the game. I mean, it's just uh, you know, growing up, we moved around a bunch, and I think that's just what kind of college basketball has become. And uh, it, it's not ideal, but I think it's it's almost become the expected. So hopefully, we can continue to grow and build this thing. And uh, the attendance has been growing and steadily increasing, which. I think, you know, New Mexico having a sellout. You know, Boise reportedly having a sellout uh, crowd. San Diego State, of course, uh, being what they've been doing for a while. Now, if we can get the Thomas and Mac back to those, you know, filling that lower bowl first, having more people in the upper upper deck, I think we're going to start seeing a Mountain West that's really reminiscent of what we saw right before expansion. Absolutely. And, and of course, Reno, they have great crowds. And uh, I think we can start to kind of get a little more uh, momentum. Um, we're, we're a nationally respected conference within the basketball world, but... Maybe not uh, throughout the media, but having better crowds and better people there will uh, only help. Well, your chance will come tomorrow night to uh, help with that process. Runner Rebels and Boise. 8 o'clock tip will be on the air at 7.30 uh, with Runner Rebel warm-up. Come on out. Rebels uh, certainly deserve and could use your support as they take on a, a very good Boise State Bronco team. And we'll uh, get a chance to talk about the Broncos during our next segment. Take a break. When we come back, more of the Kevin Kruger Radio Show on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Johnson over to House, back to Johnson in the corner. Back out to House. Out top, Mashburn inside to Alec. Alec spins to his left, turns back to the right. Blocked by Muwoka. David Mublaka knocks that one out of bounds. Block that thing to Santa Fe. Back to your hosts, John Sandler and Curtis Terry with Coach Kruger on the UNLV Men's Basketball Coaches Show. Part of a really solid performance by David Muoka, David Mublaka down low, helping the runner Rebels to the victory, coming from behind and taking care of New Mexico down in the pit. I'm not sure they're going to lose too many more down there. No, no. And then, well, they actually turned right around and had a had a I don't even know what you'd call it late, late schedule, yeah, yeah, late scheduled game and beat Oral Roberts, a very good Oral Roberts team. Uh, was it yesterday? Yesterday. Yep, so uh, yeah, they're not going to lose a lot of games. Um, I think uh, what Coach Patino's done there is he's, you know, established. It's going to be one of the, the best venues and, and toughest places to play, not just the West Coast, but, but in the country. And, and the Rebels uh, got that really well-deserved and, and hard-fought victory. All right, you come home, two-game homestand. Boise tomorrow night, Colorado State on the weekend. The Broncos, uh, I think, surprising a few folks on, on, on how well they have done this year, they're another team that had a terrific non-conference performance in the Mountain West. They've started off very well in conference. Uh, you know they're going to be disciplined and well coached. You know, Degenhardt is an, is an absolute load. And uh, they've got uh, Shaver, who, can, who killed the Rebels attacking the rim last year. Uh, got a little bit of a different defense this year that uh, hopefully will, as you talked about, will be able to stay in front of him. But they pose a big challenge. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, up until maybe two years ago when you thought of Boise and Coach Rice up there, uh, they were so just detailed and, and just on the offensive side and, and shared the ball and ran a, a ton of sets. And, and, uh, and they, while they still do that to an extent, I think they really just hang their hat on the defensive end this year. They're an elite defensive team. Um, they just don't give up easy looks. They do a really good job of keeping the ball in the front while still maintaining, though, that, that efficiency on the offensive side. And you know, last year they had they had a lot of returners. You know, when they with Kijab and and Acot and and Shaver and, and Max Rice, so there was a little more familiarity, I think, with uh, with how good they were. A little more expectation, just an understanding. But I think right now, you know, you could make the argument that 
uh, whatever today is. They're playing as well as this date as they were last year on this date. Um, they just continue to improve. And while it may be some, uh, like with Dagenhart being a sophomore, they've still got Shaver. Rice is still there. You know, Najee Smith's still there. You know, they've got a lot of, of familiar names that have been in the program of guys that are just used to winning. There are some teams in your conference that you always seem to play a very close game against. And Boise is that team for the Runner Rebels in the Mountain West Conference. That game is typically, if it's not the last possession, it's certainly the last minute or two. And more often than not, especially up there, it's been the last possession. And uh, your guys are going to have to be ready for that. No question. I think uh, Boise's a team that, you know, hopefully you can go on some runs. They're going to go on some runs. Uh, there's going to be a lot of adjustments, and, uh, and, and they, I think their guys play really well off of each other. So uh, they're going to read and recognize things. They're going to try to exploit uh, some sort of mistake that we make on the defensive end. So we, we've really just got to be locked in, ready, keep the ball in front, and just make them take as many tough shots as we can. Kurt, from a player's perspective, uh, a win like the one the Rebels had in the pit, what does that do for you in terms of confidence, in terms of, of spirit, in terms of your focus for the next game? I think it's going to be huge for this team especially. I mean, considering going into that, they had lost three or four. Um, you, you drop, a, the, obviously, the disappointing one at San Jose State. Uh, you come back and play much better against San Diego State. But to go on the road, to get a win like that, um, just allows you to, to, to reinforce what you've been doing so far on this season and know that you have confidence in what you've done. But I think it can be huge. It can really can springboard them into the, the thick of conference play with these two at home. Um, then you go to Utah State. Then you go to Fresno State. So I think it's, it's, it was a good time to get that win in that situation, in that environment, with the stretch that's coming ahead for them. Um, obviously better than losing, but I think it's going to be good for this team the way it happened with Keyshawn not playing well to start the game, him bouncing back, David and Vic, the impact that they had. Jordan coming in and, and being the unsung, the unsung hero in that first half and keeping them afloat. I think everybody got something, gained something from that game, and I think it's going to be to put them in a position to, to really – Again, no pressure, but to, to go on a run here these next couple of weeks. Well, the next next little bit, a lot of games in a short amount of time. Boise tomorrow night at the Thomas and Mac. Colorado State Saturday at the Mac. Then Tuesday up at Logan, uh, a Utah State team we haven't talked about at all. They might be, they're, they're certainly one of the two or three best teams in the conference. They are really good. And then the Rebels on the road at Fresno. So two at home, two on the road. We've got a show a week from tomorrow, uh, another coaches show. We'll have uh, those two games to talk about. But uh, you're in the thick of it now in the conference uh, schedule, and you get in that rhythm. Yeah, you do. And, uh, yeah, already having our bye week last week, um, it was good for us. We were able to kind of catch our breath a little bit, uh, get back to some basics, and uh, spend a lot of time together, film individual work, uh, and then, of course, prepare for New Mexico. But, yeah, from here on out until the end of February, we're, uh, we're going to be on a two-game-a-week schedule, get into a nice, uh, nice rhythm. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's kind of what the guys enjoy that, though. They enjoy the, the two games a week. Uh, practices will kind of tone down and be just a lot more specific in terms of game prep and, uh, and, and game prep and skill development. But keeping them healthy, keeping them happy and off their feet as much as possible is, uh, is what we want to do. All right, Runner Rebels tomorrow night against Boise, 8 o'clock with a tip, 7.30. Runner Rebel warm-up. Kurt and I have, have it for you over on ESPN Radio 1100. want to thank everybody here. Thank everybody for listening. DeMond doing an amazing job back in our Learfield studios. Nick Murphy, best in the business, engineering alongside. And now for Coach, for Kurt, this is John saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. See you at the Thomas & Mac. Have a good evening, everybody. 
Live from Bailiwick, inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino, you've been listening to the Runnin' Rebels Coaches Show, presented by Fenley Toyota. Also brought to you by Boyd Gaming. Experience life rewarded with Boyd Rewards. Proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics. And by Fenley Chevrolet. Frankly, we're customer-driven. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Rebel Sports Network. Don't miss the Rich Eisen Show following the morning tailgate. Weekday mornings at 10 here on Raider Nation Radio 